0: listening to the Mystical Catholic Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Mystical Catholic Podcast where we discuss the mystics and the mystical. I'm your host Leni Solis and in this week's episode we're continuing on our journey in St. Faustina's diary. This week St. Faustina finds herself again avoiding God on one Christmas day. She describes it as feeling his omnipotence and presence surrounding her which she then tries to avoid this interior meeting with him. She distracts herself by getting permission to go to Josephine to visit another sister there. However, while she's trying to rush out the door, she is met by Jesus standing in the doorway of the chapel as she passes by. He tells her, go ahead, but I am taking your heart. Faustina describes feeling as if she suddenly had no heart in her chest. At the pleading of the other sisters for taking too long, she hurries on her way out with them. In Josephinex, she could only stand being there for a few minutes as she felt so uneasy and a longing in her soul. She convinces the sisters to leave by saying that they must return before dark. Upon arriving back at the convent, she lies to Mother Superior for the reason for their return, which is that she did not want to come back at night. She departs from her and goes to the chapel, Immediately, Jesus tells her to return to Mother Superior and to tell her the truth. She wanted to return because Jesus had taken her heart. After doing so and asking for forgiveness from Jesus for everything that displeases him, she was filled with great joy and understood that there is no contentment anywhere except with God. It is mentioned on multiple occasions that there were those in the convent that were struggling with temptation and mortal sin. Faustina describes a day where she has a conversation with Jesus in the tabernacle and convinces him to stay with them. She describes it as follows. One day, Jesus said to me, I'm going to leave this house because there are things here which displease me. And the host came out of the tabernacle and came to rest in my hand, and I, with joy, placed it back in the tabernacle. This was repeated a second time, and I did the same thing. Despite this, it happened a third time, but the host was transformed into the living Lord Jesus, who said to me, I will stay here no longer. At this, a powerful love for Jesus rose up in my soul. I answered, and I, I will not let you leave this house, Jesus. And again, Jesus disappeared while the host remained in my hands. Once again, I put it back in the chalice and closed it up in the tabernacle, and Jesus stayed with us. I undertook to make three days of adoration by way of reparation. I find this interesting because we are often told that Christ will not abandon us, and I think we take that sometimes to mean that we can sin or be in sin, and Christ will still abide in us, our bodily temple. But I can see how this might not necessarily be true. For Jesus is God. He holds us to a high standard, meaning if our tabernacle, our body, is not prepared for him, we must seek forgiveness and keep it prepared. God will not stand for disobedience and sin. Think of it this way. If a close friend disrespected or insulted you in their house, would you stay? No, you would likely leave. Why would you stay somewhere or with someone that does not respect you or rejects you? I believe that it is being shown here, Jesus does not want to stay somewhere that he is not respected as he should be. Of course, Christ will not abandon us in the sense that if we repent, God will always be there with open arms to receive us back. Faustina describes briefly that she would feel the passion of the Lord in her body, but she kept it imperceptible to others. She found joy in it because she knew Jesus wanted it so. These experiences only lasted a short time, but she says that the suffering set her soul afire with love for God and for immortal souls. Love endures everything. Love is stronger than death. Love fears nothing. Can you imagine feeling joy and suffering? They seem contradictory, don't they? But I think Faustina rejoiced because feeling Christ's passion gave her insight into just how much God loves us, She felt that Christ endured, feared nothing, and was stronger than death, all because of how great his love is for us. Next in St. Faustina's diary, we come to the most well-known of Faustina's visions, which catapulted the creation and veneration of the divine mercy image. One night, while in her room, Christ appears to her in the image of what we know as the divine mercy image. Christ is dressed in a white garment with one hand raised in a gesture of blessing and the other raised to his chest, where there were two rays emanating, one red and the other pale. Jesus instructs her to paint this image exactly as she sees it with the signature, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus tells her he desires that the image be venerated first in their chapel and then throughout the whole world. He makes a promise to her that the souls that venerate the image will not perish and victory over their enemies already here on earth, especially at the hour of death. He says that he himself will defend them as his own glory. After this encounter, Faustina consulted with her confessor, but he told her that Christ meant to paint the image in her soul. But after exiting the confessional, Jesus tells her, My image is already in your soul. I desire that there be a feast of mercy. I want this image, which you will paint with a brush, to be solemnly blessed on the first day after Easter. That Sunday is to be the feast of mercy. I desire that priests proclaim this great mercy of mine towards souls of sinners. Let the sinner not be afraid to approach me. The flames of mercy are burning me, clamoring to be spent. I want to pour them out upon these souls. Distrust on the part of souls is tearing at my insides. The distrust of a chosen soul causes me even greater pain. Despite my inexhaustible love of them, they do not trust me. Even my death is not enough for them. Woe to the soul that abuses these gifts. So you kind of see now how this correlates to earlier me talking about how Christ doesn't necessarily abandon us if we come and repent. He desires us sinners to trust him, to come back to him. His arms are wide open for us always. It is when we completely reject him and push him out of our lives that he does basically as we ask. He's not going to force himself to be with us, no matter how much it hurts him. In spite of all of Christ's words and the joy Faustina felt in this vision, she tried to avoid the duty and inspiration that Christ had given her. She even sought out dispensation from creating the painting from Father Andrus, but he would not dispense her of anything and instead told her she could not turn away from her interior inspirations and needed to find a permanent confessor or spiritual director. Faustina felt completely unqualified for the task that Christ had called her to, so much so that she asked Jesus to give the grace to someone else, for she had no confessor that supported the grace Jesus was giving her. She told Jesus, have mercy on me, do not entrust such great things to me, as you see that I am a bit of dust and completely inept, but Jesus does not call the qualified, does he? No, we have seen many times that he qualifies the called, and he does that too with St. Faustina. I'm sure we have all at some point felt like a bit of dust, as St. Faustina did. We may ask ourselves, how can God trust me with this? What if I mess it up? But when you have taken the steps and followed where God is calling you, you find that he always provides. With every step you take, where you might feel that there's no footing, somehow the ground catches you and God places your steps. God provides for St. Faustina as well. She has been in need of a constant and trusted confessor for some time, and Jesus has been preparing one for her in a Father Sepulcro. St. Faustina knew Father Sepulcro before she ever met him in person. He was given to her in a vision in the chapel. Jesus showed him to her and told her, This is a visible help for you on earth. He will help you carry out my will on earth. What stood out to me here is that he says visible help, which to me implies it is not the only help she is receiving. There are many invisible and supernatural ways we receive help. We receive help from Christ, our guardian angel, the blessed mother, all the angels and prayers of the saints. This great cloud of witnesses as mentioned in Hebrews 12 verse 1. Where in your life have you felt visible help in that of a friend, family member, or even a stranger? And where have you felt invisible help? These events or the help you received doesn't have to be a grand gesture. It can be in the mundane or simple things as well. My husband, for example, is a constant help when I am feeling overwhelmed spiritually or just with life. He is my visible help here on earth who encourages me, supports me, and guides me. This week, I would like you to think about those people, visible and invisible, who help you and give thanks to God for them. For I truly believe that it is gratitude that helps bring us out of our helplessness. So that's it for this week's podcast. If you enjoyed it, if you would do me a favor and share this with a friend, there are other ways that you could help support the podcast by supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash themysticalcatholic, but right now my biggest goal would be to just try and reach more people, so if you can't support us monetarily, sharing this episode with a friend or family member is a huge, huge help, so I appreciate it, and just glad to have you here listening to someone like me, so... (laughs) Thank you so much and I will see you next time. May the peace and light of Christ be with you always.